Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the dark shadows and in the white cold, fearlessly we search for knowledge new and old. We drink the strong spirits and read the ancient tombs, the order of the Abracast. We are the brave and bold. All I smell is like green peppers and onions and Italian sausage. <laughs> <clears throat> I took a break from cooking so I can come down here and talk to you guys. So let's get to it. You hear what I'm saying? The Abercast. Occult. History. Conspiracy. And violence. Your body is your temple. So let's make sure you got a badass t-shirt on it. Variety of cool occult themed t-shirts and other merch like stickers, wall art, mugs, and more. Visit the storefront on abracast.com. All right, everybody. I'm John. I'm your host, John. This is the Abercast. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and for the support. Um, yeah, so this is a, it's late on a Sunday night. I promised to the universe that I would have these three, uh, episodes out. So here I am. I took a break from preparing dinner for myself and my lady, uh, to come down here and finish up this talk that we're doing about the second, section of Aleister Crowley's Liber 4. So the first section was all about mysticism. I think we covered it in three or four episodes. And then uh, this is going to be, we're shooting to get it done in three. And so this is the third part. So we're just going to get right, we're going to just slide right into it like it was a hot tub. 
you know, if you're following, if you're following at home, <laughs> now is the time to summon your vessel of the art and uh, whip up your favorite weapon of mass distraction. I can't have too many more of these because I am going to be operating a stove as soon as I'm done with this. Hot oil and cast iron skillets. All right. <clears throat> Motherfucker. So we stopped uh we stopped at the swords. So we all know from our tarot card episodes that after the so it goes wands, cups, swords, and what is the last? The last is the pentacles. So this is what Crowley says about the pentacle. <clears throat> As the magic cup is the heavenly food of the magus, so is the magic pentacle his earthly food. The wand was his divine force and the sword his human force. The cup is hollow to receive the influence from above and the pentangle is flat like the fertile plains of earth. The name Pentangle implies an image of all, but this is by a magical transformation of the Pentangle. Just as we have made the sword the sim, uh, symbolical of everything by the force of our magic, so do we work upon the Pentangle. Pentacle. He calls it a Pentacle. I'm, I keep saying Pentangle. That which is merely a piece of common bread shall be the body of the almighty God. The wand was the will of man, his wisdom and his word, and the cup was the understanding, the vehicle of his grace, and the sword was his reason. And the pentacle should be, pentacle shall be his body, the temple of uh, the Holy Ghost. There is therefore nothing movable or immovable under the whole firmament of heaven, which is not included in the pentacle, though it be but, quote, eight inches in diameter and in thickness a half an inch, unquote. So it's interesting that when Crowley designed the his Toth deck, when he designed his tarot cards, he turned the pentangles what he's talking about here is pentacles into he call he calls them discs it's interesting i'm designing my own set of tarot cards uh as we speak and i changed them to coins which is another medieval uh some of the early tarot cards had them as coins Okay, fire is not, <laughs> sorry, fire is not matter at all. Water is a combination of elements. Air, almost entirely a mixture of elements, and earth contains all both in admixture and its combination. So must it be with the pentangle, the symbol of earth? So Crowley also differs from the symbol of earth. We go back and we read Pappas and we read uh, McGregor Mathers. And it seems that 
the way the elements break down for at least Pappas for those guys is the wands represent the element of air and the um, cups uh, is obviously the element of water and the swords are the element of the earth as Leonard T. Washington would say it's the element of the earth leaving the pentacles or coins or discs as a representation of the element of fire. Uh, you can go back and check out those tarot card episodes. Actually, if you sign, well, if you're, if you're on subscribe star or if you're signed into the mailing list, you could get full, my full downloaded, uh, edited text of those four episodes that I did. So you can go through and check out all the, um, the stuff that I got from, from the, from the, these actual books and stuff. This, this is the working like notes that I was reading when we were going through them. So, but when you look through the Toth deck, you see that Crowley looks at it differently. So I'm not trying to play comparative religion or comparative understanding of all these things. You have to, you have to understand that, you know, by the very definition of the tarot cards, you know, the symbols could mean one thing to one person and another thing to another person. The way that I sided with, I actually sided with Pappas when I sat down to design my sets. And again, if you're on the mailing list, you can sign into your little, you can get into your little link there and see my whole info dump on uh, my tarot cards. I keep updating them. I'm, um, eight, I'm eight cards away from having the minor arcana done. So you might want to check, check it out. Where are we at? Oh, and this pentacle is made of pure wax. And do not forget that everything that lives is holy. All phenomena or phenomena, phenomena are sacraments. Every fact and every falsehood must enter into the pentacle. It is a great storehouse from which the magician draws. Quote, in the brown cakes of corn, we shall taste the food of the world and be strong. Unquote. When speaking of the cup, it is shown how every fact must be made significant and how every stone must have its proper place in the mosaic. Whoa, were it were one stone misplaced, but the mosaic cannot be wrought at all well or ill unless every stone be there. And these stones are the simple impressions or experiences. Not one may be foregone. Do not refuse anything merely because you know that it is the cup of poison offered by your enemy. Drink it with confidence. It is he that will fall dead. This then is a great difficulty for the magician. He cannot possibly have all experience. And though he may console himself philosophically with the reflection that is the universe is counterminious with such experience as he has. We will find 
it grow at such a pace during these early years of his life that he may almost be tempted to believe in the possibility of experiences beyond his own. And from a practical standpoint, he will seem to be confronted with so many avenues of knowledge that he will be bewildered which to choose. Fortunately, it does not matter very much what he should at least choose the branches of knowledge which about directly upon universal problems. He should choose not one but several, and these should be as diverse as possible in nature. All pinnacle, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. All pinnacles will contain the ultimate conception of the circle and the cross. Although some will prefer to replace the cross by a point or a tau, or by a triangle, the vesica Pisces is sometimes used instead of the circle. Or the circle may be glyphed as a serpent. Time and space and the idea of causality are sometimes represented. So also the three stages of history of philosophy, which are the three objects of study were successfully nature, God, and man. The, and you see this, you see this in the Decatoth, um, cause he calls them discs. He opens himself up for using each disc for a different symbol instead of it being the pentacle at all times. So in some cases of his disc, it's a Ouroboros, or in some cases of his discs, it's a yin-yang, you know, and so on and so forth. He can change the meaning of the pentacle with uh, each of each of his whatever is represented on, on his disc. And it's brilliant. It's actually brilliant. Um, I did not steal the symbols, but I stole that idea so I can make my coin, the image on my coin, whatever it needed to be for the card. You see duality of consciousness is also sometimes represented as the tree of life itself. Maybe figured therein in the categories, an emblem of a great work should be added, but the pentacle will be imperfect unless each idea is contrasted in a balanced manner with its opposite. And unless there is necessary connection between each pair of ideas and every other pair, the neophyte will perhaps do well to make the first sketches of his pentacle very large and complex, subsequently simplifying not so much by inclusion, but as by combination. Just as a zoologist, beginning with the four great apes and man combined all into a single word, primate. So this is something that, you know, the magic these kids are doing nowadays, the sigil magic. This is the same thing with, uh, with the sigil magic that you'll hear these dudes talking about. They'll be like, make it as like witchy and creepy looking as you can. And then kind of just keep distilling it down. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. There's a pedigree for this sort of thing here. You know, this neophyte magician, uh, is making his pentacle very large and complex and subsequently simplifying it much like the sigil magicians or chaos magicians or whatever they're doing before they're fucking beaten off onto it. It is not, it is not wise 
To simplify too far, however, since the ultimate hieroglyph must be an infinite, the ultimate resolution not having been performed, its symbol must not be portrayed. Distasteful facts should be insisted upon until the ego is perfectly indifferent to the nature of its food. And even as the diamond shall glow red for the rose and green for the rose leaf, so shalt thou abide apart from the impressions. Yeah, this is the great task of separating the self from the impressions or the virtus uh, is one of the many meanings of the aphorism solve corresponding to the coagulae uh, implied by the samadhi and the pinnacle therefore represents all that are the uh, resilient of all that we had the tendency to be. So we talk all an awful lot about the solving coagulate in one of the ancient episodes. Now, I mean, this, <laughs> one of the earlier episodes, we get all into the Baphomet, the somatic goat of Mendes. And we break down that, um, uh, Alephis Levi's illustration of Baphomet, you know, Saul coagulate, uh, the Chesed and the Gaborah and as above, so below and all of that stuff. So I don't feel like I need to regurgitate all that stuff here. Uh, back to the book in uh, skipping ahead. Back to the book and skipping ahead. The self to the beloved, but the beginning, the magician is not that self. He is only the heap of refuge from which that self is to be built up. The magical instruments must be made before they are destroyed. And the, this pentacle is an infinite storehouse. Things will always be there when we want them. We may need to occasionally, we may need to it occasionally. We may see to it occasionally that they are dusted and a moth kept out, but we usually, we shall usually, we shall usually be too busy to do much more. And remember that in traveling from the earth, to the stars, one dare not be encumbered with too much heavy luggage. Nothing that is not necessary part of the machine should enter into its composition. The whole universe is an illusion, but it is not an illusion difficult to get rid of. It is uh, true compared with most things, but 99 out of 100 impressions are false. And even the relation to the things on their own plane. Such distinctions must be graven deeply upon the surface of the pentacle by the holy dagger. There is only one other of the elemental instruments to be considered, and that's namely the lamp. I'm fighting off the urge to sing Holy Diver to you guys. Dun, 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 dun. Holy Diver! I guess I'm not fighting it off that hard. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> All right, let's talk. Let's talk about this lamp. For the preparation of the elemental weapons, it is said that each symbolic representation of the universe is to be approved by the superior magician. To this rule, the lamp is an exception. It is said, quote, A magical lamp shall be burnt without wick or oil, being fed by the ether. This shall he accomplish secretly and apart without asking for the advice or the approval of his adeptus minor. The uh, lamp is the light of the pure soul. It hath no need of fuel. It is the burning bush, the inconsumable that Moses saw, the image of the Most High. The lamp hangeth above the altar and hath no support from him and the light illuminates the whole temple yet upon it uh, are cast no shadows and no reflections it cannot be touched and it cannot be extinguished and in no way can it change for it is utterly apart from all those things which have complexity which have dimension in which change may be changed when the eyes of the magus are fixed upon the lamp, naught else exists. The instrument lie idle on the altar. That light alone burns eternally. The divine will that was the wand is no more, for the path has become one with this goal. The divine understanding that was the cup is no more, for the subject of the object of intelligence are one, and the divine reason that was the sword is no more, for the complex has been resolved into the simple. The divine substance that was the pentacle is no more, for it, uh, for the many have become one, eternal, unconfined, unextended, without cause and without effect. The holy lamp mysteriously burns without quality or quantity. Unconditioned and sempiternal is the light. It is not possible for anyone to advise or approve, for this lamp is not made with hands. It exists alone forever. It has no parts and no person. It is before, quote, I am, unquote. Few can behold it, yet it is always there. For it there is no here or there or then or now. All parts of speech are abolished, save the noun. And this noun is not found either in human speech or in divine. It is the lost word, the dying music of whose sevenfold echo is I-A-O and I-U-M. And without this light, the magician could not work at all. Yet few indeed there are magicians that have known of it and far fewer that have beheld its brilliance in the temple and all that is 
in it must be destroyed again and again before it is worthy to receive the light. And hence it is so often seemed the only advice that any master can give to any pupil is destroy the temple. Whatever you have and whatever you are all veils before that light. Yet in so great a matter of advice uh, is vain. There is no master so great that he can see clearly the whole character of any pupil. What helped him in the past may hinder another in the future. Yet since the master is pledged to serve, he may take up that service on the simple line, since all thoughts are veils in this light. He may advise the destruction of all thoughts and to that end, teach those practices which are clearly uh, conductive to such destruction. All right, next we got the crown. The crown of the magician represents the attainment of his work. It is a band of pure gold on the front of which stand three pentagrams and on the back a hexagram. And the central pentagram contains a diamond or a great opal for the other three symbols contain the Tau. Around this crown is twined the golden Urias serpent and the erect head and expanded hood under the crown is a crimson cap of maintenance which falls to the shoulder instead of this atef crown of thoth is sometimes worn for thoth is the god of truth and of wisdom and the teacher of magic atef crown has two ram's horns showing energy and domination the force that breaks down obstacles the sign of the spring between these horns is the disc of the sun. From this springs a lotus upheld by twin plumes of truth. And the other sun discs are upheld. Upon this cup of the lotus, the other beneath the curving feathers. The crimson cap implies concealment. It is also symbolic of the flood of glory that pours upon the magician from above. It is a velvet for the softness of that divine kiss, a crimson for that it is the very blood of God, which is life. And the band of gold is the eternal uh, circle of perfection. The three pentagrams symbolize the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. While the hexagram represents the magician himself and the serpent which coiled about the crown means many things or rather one thing in many ways. It is the symbol of royalty and of initiation for the magician is anointed king and priest. This is Melchizedek. Uh, it is uh, also represents Hadit of which one can hear only quote. Uh, these words, quote, I am the secret serpent coiled about to spring in my coiling. There is joy if I lift my head and uh, I and my new it are one. If I droop down mine head and shoot forth venom, uh, there is a rapture on the earth. And I and the earth are one. 
I believe that's from Libra 3, by the way. I believe. No, it could be from the Book of the Law. It's from the Book of the Law. The serpent, it's hard, it's difficult doing these things like this. Uh, the serpent is also the Kundalini spirit, the magical force itself manifesting side of the godhead of the magician whose unmanifested side is peace and silence of which there is no symbol. The serpent is also uh, he who poisons. It is the force which destroys the manifested universe. This is also the emerald snake which encircles the universe. This matter must be studied in where it is discussed incomparably. All right. The next one is the robe. The robe of the magician may be varied accordingly to his grade by the nature of his working. There are two principal robes, the white and the black. Remember I mentioned the yin-yang earlier? Of these, the black is more important than the white, and the white has no hood. These robes may be varied by the addition of various symbols, but in any case, the shape of the robe is a tau. The only light of the magician is from the lamp which hangs above his head and stands in the center of the circle, and the robe being open at the neck exposes no obstacles in the passage of this light. And being open, the very wide open at the bottom, it permits the light to pass and illuminate them that sit in the darkness and the shadow of death. The next one is the book. The book of spells or of conjurations is the record of every thought, word, and deed of the magician. For everything that he has willed is willed to a purpose. It is the same as if he had taken an oath to perform some achievement. And now this book must be a holy book, not a scribbling book in which you jot down every piece of rubbish that comes into your head. It is written, every breath, every word, and every thought, and every deed is an act of love with thee. Be the devotion a potent spell to exercise the demons of the five. The book must be thus written. In the first place, the magician must perform the practice so that he understands perfectly who he is and what to develop must necessarily tend. So much for the first page of the book. <laughs> Let him then be careful to write nothing therein that is inharmonious or untrue. Nor can he avoid this writing for this is a magic book. If you abandon even for an hour for one purpose of your life, you will find a number of meaningless scratches and scrolls in the white vellum. And these cannot be erased in such cases when you come to conjure a demon by the power of the book. He will mock you and he will point to you all of this foolish writing. For like his own, then uh, for like his own, then yours. Uh, in vain, you will continue with the subsequent spells, and you have broken by your own foolishness. Then, chain which would have bound him. Uh, 
the writing of the book goes on eternally, and there is no way of closing the record until the goal of all has been attained. And let every page of this book be filled with song, for it is a book of incantation. Speaking of book of song. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you interested in the occult history? Conspiracy and violence? Learn more at abracast.com. Find more episodes on this topic. Sign up for the mailing list for bonus content. Get access to the show archive. And visit the storefront for tarot cards, merch, and books. Learn more at abracast.com. All right, let's talk about the next thing, the bell. We're going to just hammer through some of these here real quick. The magic bell is best attached to the uh, the chain. In some systems of a magic, the number of bells have been worn, sewn upon the hem of the robe with the idea of symbolizing that every movement of the magician should make music. But the bell of which we speak is a more important implement the bell summons and alarms and it has also the bell which sounds at the elevation of the host for whom the bells toll it is thus also the astral bell of the magician as the magic book uh, was the record of the past, so is the magic bell, the prophecy of the future. The manifested shall repeat itself again and again, always a clear, thin note, always a simplicity of music, yet ever less and less disturbing in the infinite silence until the end. Hmm, that ends on a little bit of a downer. The lament. The uh, the lamen is the Jewish high priestess breastplate, I believe. Uh, the breastplate or the lamen of the magician is a very elaborate and important symbol. It is okay, yeah, that's right. In the Jewish system, we read that the high priestess who wear a plate with twelve stones, uh, the twelve tribes of Israel, with all their correspondence. 
in this plate were kept in the Urim, in the Thurim, Thumin, Thumin. The modern Lamen, however, is a simple plate which being worn over the heart symbolizes the Tifereth, which is a Sifereth of the Kabbalistic tree of life. It should therefore be in harmony with all of the other symbols in one, and it connects naturally by its shape with the circle and the pentacle. Uh, but it is not sufficient to repeat the design of either. The lament of the spirit whom one wishes to evoke is both placed in the triangle and worn on the breast. But in this case, since uh, that which uh, we were to evoke in nothing uh, partial but whole, we shall have but a single symbol to combine the two. The great work then will form the subject of the divine. In this lament, the magician must place the secret keys of his power. All right, the next section that we're talking about uh, is the magic fire with considerations of the thurible, thurible, thur, thurible, the the charcoal and the incense. So you recall from our episodes of the Keys of Solomon, the lesser and the greater Keys of Solomon, and basically everything we've ever done that has to do with ritual magic. These suffumigations are super important. Like, you know, it goes back to uh, the book of Tobit, where, you know, the angel Raphael tells Tobit, like, you got to just cut the liver of this fucking fish out. And burn it, and the fucking demons will leave you alone. <clears throat> so over and over again, we see these uh, the importance of you know. Uh, also, you know, when Jesus Jesus was born, he was given frankincense, incense, and and myrrh. You know, all these very popular suffumigations. So into the magic fire, all things are cast and it symbolizes the final burning up of all things. Shiva Darshana. It is the absolute destruction alike of the magician and the universe. The thurible stands upon a small altar. Quote, my altar is of open brass work. Burn thereupon in silver or in gold. Unquote. The altar stands in the east as if to symbolize the identity of hope and annihilation. This brass contains the metals of Jupiter and of Venus filled with hom homogeneous, homogeneous alloy. This is then the symbolic of this is then symbolical of divine love. And it is open brass work because this love is not limited to the direction or extent. Uh, it is not particularized in the universe. Upon the altar stands the sensor proper. Its cup is a hemisphere and is supported from its edge in a plate pierced with holes and the sensor is of silver or of gold because there were often or there were called the perfect metals. It is upon perfection that the imperfect is burned upon this plate burns the great fire of charcoal. 
impregnated with nitrate, this charcoal, as the chemists now begin to surmise the ultimately protean element. Absolutely black because it absorbs all light, infusible with the application of any known heat. And the lightest of those elements which occur in its solid state in nature, the essential constituent of all known forms of life. It has been treated with nitrate, niter, whatever, whose potassium uh, is the violent flame of Jupiter, the father of all, whose nitrogen is that inert element, which by proper combination becomes the constituent of all of the most explosive bodies known. In oxygen, the flood, or sorry, the food of fire. This fire is blown up by the magician. The blaze of destruction has been kindled by his word and by his will. Into this fire he casts the incense, the symbolical of prayer, the gross vehicle or images of his aspirations, owning to the imperfection of the image. We obtain mere smoke instead of the uh, perfect combustion. We cannot use explosives instead of incense because it would not be true. Our prayer is the expression of the lower aspiring to the higher. It is without the clear vision of the higher. It does not understand that what the higher wants and however sweet may be its smell, it is always cloudy. It is the smoke Illusions arise. We sought the light, and behold, the temple is darkened. In the darkness, the smoke seems to take a strange shape, and we may hear the crying of beasts, and the thicker the smoke, the darker grows the universe, and we grasp and we tremble. Behold, what foul and obsistential things we have evoked. This is me trying to light a campfire, by the way. This is exactly what happens every year. My wife, Violet, and I go camping. And this this is day <laughs> dinner time, day one. <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, yet we cannot do without the incense unless our aspiration took form. It could not influence form. Um, this also is the mystery of incarnation. The incense is based upon, oh boy, <laughs> gum ulibanum, ulibanum, the sacrifice of the human will of the heart. This ulibanum it, uh, has been mixed with half its weight of storax, the earthly desires, dark, sweet, and clinging. It <laughs> This reminds me of an ex-girlfriend, dark, sweet, and clinging. Uh, and this again with half its weight of uh, lignum aloes, which symbolizes Sagittarius, the arrow. And so represents the aspiration itself. It is the arrow that cleaves the rainbow, 
The arrow is temperance in the tarot. It is life equally balanced and direct, which makes our work possible, yet this life itself must be sacrificed. Is he saying that the natural state of things are in balance and we seek to unbalance them? Hmm, that's interesting. In the burning up of these things arise in our imagination those terrifying or alluring phantasms which throng the astral plane. This smoke represents the astral plane which lies between the material and the spiritual, and one may now devote a little attention to the consideration of this plane about which a great deal of nonsense has been written. <laughs> True that Crowley. When a man shuts his eyes and begins to look about him, the first there is nothing but darkness. If he continues trying to penetrate the gloom, a new pair of eyes gradually opens. Some people think that these are the eyes of imagination. Those with more experience understand that this is a truly represents things seen, although those things are themselves totally false. Wow. As first the seer will perceive gray gloom in subsequent experiments, uh, perhaps figures may appear with whom uh, the seer may converse and under whose guidance he may travel about. This plane being quite as large and varied as the material universe, one cannot describe it effectively. This astral plane has been described by Homer in the Odyssey. Here, Calypso and the Sirens, here too, are those things which may have been imagined to be spirits of the dead. In the student once uh, take any of these things for truth, he must worship it, since all truth is worshipful. Huh. Well, I need to make a note of that. Hold on. I'm sorry, I know we're on the back end. I know everyone's just waiting to get this fucking thing over with, but. <clears throat> Sorry about that. In such a case, he is lost and the phantom will have power over him. It will obsess him. As long as an idea is being examined, you are free from it. There is no harm in a man's experimenting with opium smoking or feeding on nut nuts. Who's nuts? D. These motherfucking nuts. But this moment will cease to uh this moment but the moment he ceases to examine, to act from habit and without reflection, he is in trouble. Here, here. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit. The worst of all phantasms are the moral ideas and the religious ideas. Sanity consists in the faculty of adjusting ideas in proper proportion. Anyone who accepts a moral or religious truth without understanding it only kept out the asylum because he does not follow it out logically. If one really believed in Christianity, if one 
really thought that the majority of mankind was doomed to eternal punishment. (laughs) This is going to be really good, I think. One would go raving about the world trying to save people. Sleep would not be possible until the horror of the mind left the body exhausted. Otherwise, one must be morally, morally insane. Which of us can sleep if the ones we love is in danger of mere death? We cannot see a dog drown without the least uh, interrupting of our business to look on. Who then can live in London and reflect on the fact that it's seven million souls, all but about a thousand Plymouth brethren will be damned. Yet the thousand Plymouth brethren who are the loudest in proclaiming that they will be the only ones saved seem to get on very well, thank you. <laughs> Whether they are hypocrites or morally insane is a matter which we can leave for their own consideration. All the phantoms of... <laughs> Uh, all the phantoms of whatever nature must be evoked examined and mastered otherwise we may find that just when we want it there is some idea which uh with which we can uh have never dealt and uh, perhaps that idea springing upon us in surprise and it were from behind may strangle us. This is the legend of the sorcerer strangled by the devil. All right. I'm a John Towers. This has been too late on Sunday evening. I need to get back to dinner. So I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, but thank you for the support. If you're listening to this, thank you for, thank you dearly for the support. And, um, yeah, well, I'll see you on the regular feed. Like in no time, but Wednesday next, this Wednesday, something else is dropping. Okay. All right, over and out. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. Please send an email or find us on social media and let us know what you think about the show. We would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rate and review wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find Stigmata Studios, graphic, novels, and comic books at apricast.com.